Welcome, Prayer Warriors. This is Prayer Warriors 365, Blog Talk Radio. And again, my name is Regina M. Dick, and this Wednesday evening of July 9, 2014. And tonight, we have a special co-host that's going to be joining us, is John Christopher Sutton. And we will have him on in just a moment. First, we'd like to share with you our Prayer Warriors 365 mission. It is to bring prayer warriors from around the world together in unity, fighting the good fight of faith in these days in Jesus Christ through the power of prayer and the Holy Spirit one day at a time. And remember, prayer is a dialogue with God. It is the thing that we do as Christians to have that connection with God, to connect with Him on a daily basis. Prayer Warriors 365, this is our opportunity to come together online and prayer in His name. So with that, what we'd like to do is to this evening and, and in the next few episodes is going to be John Christopher Sutton. And John Christopher Sutton is his ministry uh, which his website godtalkradio.com and he also is on blog talk radio or was on blog talk radio he's kind of taking a break right now and we are fortunate enough to have him join us here on prayer warriors 365 he has been in christian and secular radio and he has an incredible um ministry of spreading god's news via the internet and what we'd like to do is to present him for tonight's program uh, what we'd like to do is to share with you God's Holy Spirit, and he would like to talk with that this evening, and welcome, John. Thank you very much, Regina. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here this evening, and uh, God bless to everyone out there who's listening at this time, and I hope that uh, the message we bring you this evening uh, will enlighten your spirit and bring you closer to the reality of the God in all of us, the God that we serve who shares with us his Holy Spirit. Hello? Yeah, I'm here, John. Yeah, okay. Uh, oh, do, would you like me to start now, then? Absolutely, absolutely. Go ahead. Oh, oh all right, wonderful. Well, uh, let me start off, then, by talking about the Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, that's part of the Trinity. We're going to look at that one part of the Trinity of God, which is a, a very important part, as a matter of fact. It's a part of which God's power is connected to us, the believer in Christ Jesus. Now, I'm talking about, of course, what our subject is today, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is powerful but he's also very smart. His position as one of the three in one is very important because he is the one, that's God, and that the Father and Jesus Christ, the Son, our Lord, sent to complete the work and the purpose of God on the earth. He's the one that God sent to do the work and to finish the work that God intended to be done. You know, we, we are part of that work as disciples of Christ Jesus. We are the ones that are doing the job that God needs us to do. But, uh, you know, we need the Holy Spirit in order to do that because this work is most important. As a matter of fact, it's the most important work on the earth today. You know, when we look at the Old Testament, 
we see the work of the Father. And many of us who've read the Old Testament through can see how God orchestrated uh, what he needed for his children, what he needed uh, his children to know. You know, but the New Testament is seen primarily as the work of the Son, Jesus Christ. But in this present day, as it was for the apostles 2,000 years ago, it's the Holy Spirit that completes the workings of God in our lives. He's the one in charge of the blessing. He's the key to your healing. He's the cause of your blessing. It is God's promise. And his promise is fulfilled and put into reality through your faith and the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is no good without your faith. And your faith is no good without the Holy Spirit. Now, the work of the Holy Spirit is very clear. And we can see that in the book of John, chapter 16, starting at verse 5. And my lovely wife, Carol, is going to join us now to share that part of the information with us. But now I am going to him who sent me. None of you ask me, where are you going? Rather, you are filled with grief because of things. I have said these things, but verily, truly, I tell you, it is good for you that I go away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment, about sin because people do not believe in me, about righteousness because I am going to the Father, where you can see me no longer, and about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. Amen. Well, you know, Jesus is the Word, and the Holy Spirit is the power of God. You know, whenever the power acts through the Holy Spirit, what is it doing? It's acting on the Word. At that point in the Scriptures, Jesus was telling his disciples about the Holy Spirit. And, you know, throughout the disciples' time with Christ, they were still trying to figure him out. You know, they didn't really get the whole picture, did they? And so it was a learning process, and so it is with us today. It's a learning process as we walk in the Spirit with God, as we study his word. We're learning constantly. You know, the New Testament ushers in the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. This fulfills the promise that God made when he said he would pour his Spirit upon all flesh in the last days. Well, the last days began when Jesus rose from the dead. It was then that the Holy Spirit was released upon the earth. Now, the Bible calls Jesus' life the day of the Lord. However, that day lasted 33 and a half years long. Now, since that time, the Holy Spirit has been intercessing for God's children. The Holy Spirit is now in force. Uh, Let's go now to the book of Hebrews, chapter 8, and verse 8. But God found fault with the people and said, The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. Well, the first covenant God made with his people were, of course, the Ten Commandments. God spoke to Moses and said, If you keep these laws, I shall bless you. Our God is a covenant God. 
Let's go now to Hebrews chapter 8, verses 9 and 10. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt, because they did not remain faithful to my covenant, and I turned away from them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will establish with the people of Israel. After that time, declares the Lord, I will put my laws in their minds and write them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. Well, today what's happening in the body of Christ, we're still trying to live by those Ten Commandments. We're still trying to do right. People put themselves under pressure trying to live up to the commandments, and they feel guilty when they break one. But with the New Covenant, we're forgiven of our sins, and the Holy Spirit is a spirit of freedom. If you sin, you know, if you fall, you don't go away from the body of Christ. You get closer let the Holy Spirit minister to you. You are forgiven. Your sins have been washed away with the blood of the Lamb. Now this new covenant that we are now under is based on love. The Holy Spirit is now our counselor. He will minister to you, advise you on what you are to do, and he will make its laws on your heart and mind. He shall be your God, and you shall be his people. We're no longer under the rule of Moses. The Holy Spirit takes personal responsibility for you. So when you fall, God is there through the Holy Spirit to pick you up. Now, Carol, you've had a few times where you've fallen in your walk with God many times, I'm sure. You're looking at me puzzled right now. Have you never fallen? <laughs> um... You know what, Chris, to be very, very honest with you, when I found God, I had fallen so many times before I found him that I would have to say, yes, I've made little mistakes as I learned along the way, but I left the world behind. And I, I can honestly say before God, I've never looked back. It's never held a temptation for me because I tried everything. I realized that my world was ending and I found the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, and I've been hanging on to it ever since. So if I fell, it was it was in ignorance, never willfully, you know, mm -hmm. because uh, I've done everything there is to do, Prittner, and uh, I'm sticking with God. Amen, amen. But you know, when we do fall, and we all do, because we're still we in the flesh. We make mistakes. We make mistakes, we, we sin, but God is there to pick us up through the Holy Spirit. He will never leave us or forsake us. And you know what else God does? He, he'll heal you, and, and, you know, he heals us through the Holy Spirit, and he forgives us, and he forgives us right there on the spot. You know, thank you, Lord. A lot of times we have to forgive ourselves, and we think it's, you know, that we have God to forgive us when really it's us not forgiving ourselves mm -hmm. that hold us back. Amen. Amen. Well, let's go to our next Bible reading now. Let's go to the book of Hebrews once again, chapter 8, and now verse 11. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, Know the Lord, because they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest. Mm -hmm. Amen. Well, the Holy Spirit is permanently with us to guide us in the right direction. The Holy Spirit shows us how to live. When the Holy Ghost falls upon you, you better listen and obey, because he'll point you in the right direction all the time. Now, we have a God of love in our midst. 
Holy Spirit is his presence. You can feel him all around us. You can hear his voice. He is our protector. He shields us from trouble, steers us away from adversity. And if we do wrong, he forgives us. Hallelujah! He forgives us. Amen? But you know, Chris, it, it just makes me think of something you said the other day about how the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. So he doesn't always lead us in a good path. He led him into the wilderness to face the devil. Amen to that. But it always turns out to be a good always, path. Always. <laughs> God uses it for good. He never, he, he doesn't know how to do bad. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Well, the Lord said, I will forgive their sins and remember them no more. That's what he does for us when we yeah. become born again. We are forgiven of our sins and we can walk with our head held high in the Holy Spirit realm, in the power of God. Amen? Amen. It's wonderful. Now, the Holy Spirit is here to complete the work that God wanted done. Let's take a look at how valuable and necessary and important the Holy Spirit is. Well, he was important to Jesus because he uh, prophesied the coming of, of Jesus. Any time a prophet spoke of the coming of Christ, it was through the power of the Holy, Christ, uh, Holy Spirit. He conceived Jesus Christ in the womb of Mary. It was the Holy Ghost that did all the conception. He sealed the baptism of Jesus, the Bible says. The Holy Spirit came in the form of a dove and sealed the baptism of Jesus when he, right at that moment. Uh, he led Jesus into the wilderness, as you just mentioned, to be tested. Well, well he, he also led Paul into, um, I can't just remember where, but people were saying, don't go, don't go. But he knew he had to go because the Holy Spirit was leading him, and he knew he was going to have trouble when he got there. Mm-hmm. Amen, amen. Well, Jesus had to be ready for his primary responsibility, amen. And it's the Holy Spirit that prepares us for our testing, our growing in God, our maturing as a Christian. Jesus ministered by the power of the Holy Spirit. And you can read that one if you go to the book of Luke in chapter 11. It talks about that. It says he cast out demons by the Spirit of the Lord. Everything he did, he did by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus' crucifixion was with the Holy Spirit. When Jesus expired, he released the Holy Spirit. He was resurrected by the Holy Spirit. That's in the book of Romans, chapter 1 and verse 4. Let's go there now. And you don't have that one, so I will look that up for you. Romans 1, mm-hmm. 24? No, 1, 4. All right, I got that right here and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Amen. That's talking, of course, about the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of holiness. And it gave Christ power as it gives us, his disciples of today, power. And I always say that there's a lot of religions out there that claim that the power of the Holy Spirit no longer exists. It died with the last of the uh, original 12 apostles. But that is 
a lie from the pit of hell. Uh, the power of the Holy Spirit is in each and every one of us who is a believer in Christ Jesus and who has been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Every part of the life of Jesus was orchestrated by the Holy Spirit, and every part of our life as believers in Christ should also be orchestrated by the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. I mean, his ascension was done by the Holy Spirit. The Bible says he vanished before their eyes. The Holy Spirit took him up. Jesus said, I will send you the promise of the Holy Spirit. He was promised by Jesus. He was the one thing that Jesus promised at the end. Jesus said, I will send you the Holy Spirit of the Father. And that promise is still ongoing today in us. He regenerated us in our new birth, that's when we became born again. Amen? Amen. Mm -hmm. You and I and all of us who are born again were reborn by the Spirit. The Spirit endows us. He not only birthed you, He lives in you at all times. Let's take a look now at the book of 1 Corinthians, and we're going to go to chapter 6. And verse 19. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? Amen. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. He lives in you, so you better keep it clean. <laughs> you better keep a clean house, eh? Let's go now to the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promise, Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Amen. Well, we've been sealed by adoption by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the seal of God. In Greek, seal means to lock up. Now, the Holy Spirit adopts the believer, and we can see that in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 19 through 21. Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with this inscription. The Lord knows those who are his, and everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. In a large house there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purposes and some for common use. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. Mm, amen. He's our adoption agency. The Holy Spirit fills the believer. Let's go to the book of Acts right now, chapter 2 and verse 4. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Amen. And you know, the Holy Spirit fills his children today. He fills us with the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, he is the author of the Scripture. The Holy Spirit is the author of all spoken word. And you can find that in the Second Peter, chapter 1, and verse 20. 
Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came out by the prophet's own interpretation of things. Amen. The Scripture is given by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. We find that it says the same at 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. All Scripture is God-breathed and is used for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Amen. God breathed into man, and they wrote. The Holy Spirit interprets Scripture. That's in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 through 14. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within in them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with spirit-taught words. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. Amen. To understand the Bible, what do we need? We need the Holy Spirit. That Spirit will guide us through the Word and open up the Word to us, enlighten us to the meaning of the Word. And we can see through the Holy Spirit what the Word is trying to tell us in its entirety. And we can feel in the Spirit the importance of that Word for our lives. Amen? Amen. You know, the Holy Spirit guides the believer. And uh, that's in the book of Romans, chapter 8 and verse 14. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Amen. Also, let's look at Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Amen. And now let's go to the book of Acts chapter 8 and verse 29. The Spirit told P Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Amen. Well, Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will guide you into all truth. He is your personal guide, a guide for the believer. Never ignore the guiding of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Well, it says, Chris, that we're to acknowledge him in everything that we do, and he will direct our steps. No matter what I do, I acknowledge him. I pray. I say, Lord, do you want me to do this? Lord, should I buy that? Lord, is that the right thing? Because when we do that, we're going to stay out of a lot of trouble. Mm -hmm. Amen. Because in our own humanness, we're going to make a lot of mistakes, mm -hmm. and we're going to have to pay for those mistakes. So why not have the counsel of the Almighty? Mm -hmm. I mean, he's, he is wisdom. So why not ask somebody really wise what to do? That's right. And he guides us in a very loving and tender way. But sometimes 
in a very difficult way, as you mentioned earlier. Sometimes he gets us yes. to do things we don't necessarily want to do, but we know that when we're following him, even though we have to do things that we normally don't want to do, we know that the outcome of doing it, following his direction and instruction, will bring us to victory in, in the situation that we're in. Amen? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit anoints the believer. He literally releases the anointed power in us to do the will of the Father and accomplish what needs to be done in our lives. Let's go now to 1 John chapter 2 and verse 27. As for you, the anointing you received from him remains in you, and you do not need that anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. Amen, amen. The Holy Spirit teaches us. He opens up the scriptures to us. He edifies and magnifies the word of God. The Holy Spirit sanctifies. Let's take a look at 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 23. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. Amen. Well, you know, to sanctify means to set apart for a particular use. God sanctifies the believer by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit provides fruit for the believer's life. Amen? Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Tell us some of the fruit that you've received over the years from the Holy Spirit, Carol. Well, fruit, when you say fruit, do you mean like a they say, it says that you shall know them by their fruits. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can look at a person, and if you see them cursing and swearing, I mean, there's a fruit. It's not a good fruit. No. But then you'll see another person that claims to be a Christian that's loving and kind and, and were to display the good fruit. Nobody wants that rotten fruit that falls to the ground. They mm -hmm. want the nice, ripe stuff, and, and that's the fruit. You know, we're to display love and long-suffering and patience. And, you know, a lot of Christians, and self-included a little bit here, can get impatient. And uh, we're to be long-suffering. That says that we're going to go through things, and they're going to be long, and they're going to hurt, but we're to go through them with patience. That's a fruit of the Spirit, too. Mm -hmm. Joy right. is a fruit of the Spirit, too. That's right. So if we see somebody that's always down in the mouth, you, you have to think, okay, well, where's the fruit of joy in their life? Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's I, I forget now how many fruits there are, but <laughs> we're to have them anyway. <laughs> that's right. The Bible says we must be the fruit of the Spirit. So the Spirit gives us gifts. And within that, those gifts are our fruit, and we walk in that fruit, and that's how people know that we are Christians. Amen? Kindness. That's another fruit. Mm -hmm. It lifts mm -hmm. them, but I'm sort of uh, calling yeah. them up out of the hard drive here and seeing just which ones they are. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, the Holy Spirit brings the fruit of God's character in our lives. Remember, we're to be mirror images of Jesus Christ. So as we strive to be that, that fruit from the Holy Spirit emerges and comes forth. Others will see that. They'll want what we have, thus spreading the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. I, I just noticed this. It says, so 
Every good tree bears good fruit, but every bad tree bears bad fruit, and a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every, mm-hmm. You know, so you'll know them by their fruits. And I remember one time um, a man that had come to a church, and uh, I just looked at the things he was doing, and it and it made me aware something's not right here because I didn't see the right fruit in this man. And then later we were to find out that he wasn't totally honest and upright and Mm -hmm. deceiving the people. So we have to look for that fruit, too. Yeah. And we have to also realize that people are growing and learning, and they do make mistakes, and it takes time to perfect us for sure, but we're a work in progress. But we should be looking at the fruit, Mm -hmm. see if it's good. Amen. Now, another thing the Holy Spirit does for the believer is he empowers the believer. He gives us the ability to do what God gave you birth to do. The power of the Holy Spirit also comes to us in gifts, as I mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. He gives us gifts, and that produces the fruit that we walk in and that we display to others. Then they want what we have, thus spreading the good news, the gospel of Christ. Now, the Holy Spirit has many gifts for his children, and he has many functions as well, and imparts these gifts onto us. The manifestation of the Holy Spirit imparted on to us is based on our needs. Uh, when he gives us these gifts, whatever they may be, he empowers us to execute the work that needs to be done. Now, when you were uh, uh, transformed, uh, into the family of God, uh, the Spirit of God was imparted to you. Amen? Mm-hmm. Now, the Holy Spirit lives in us, and uh, you've expect, uh, accepted what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross and have made the decision to follow Christ in all that you do. Then the Holy Spirit has moved into you. He lives in you. Amen? When you accept Christ and what he has done in the cross and you uh, say that you're going to follow his ways, the Holy Spirit is given to you, imparted into you, and then more or less moves into with you. (laughs) And you're going to notice him. Amen? Well, it's like if Jesus was sitting in your living room, wouldn't you notice that he was there? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we act like he isn't there. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, Jesus said if you believe in the Son who God sent, he will come and make our abode in you. In other words, the Holy Spirit will come and live inside of you. Our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yes. And, you know, um, there's another little part here, Chris, uh, And and it says that everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. You know, when the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, it's like he's come to live in our house, our heart. We must, if we have him in us, turn away from wickedness. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Well, at this point in the show, I would like to uh, turn it over to any uh, questions or any remarks that anyone would like to have. Uh, You can give us a call on our guest call-in number. That is 
769-469-4755. And I'd also like to hear, uh, Regina, do you have anything to add so far in our talk about the Holy Spirit? Yes, that is one of my favorite topics, you know, it, because what I have realized in my own personal walk, you know, the first time I, I, I even realized, you know, a glimpse of the Holy Spirit when I was 12 years old, and it just happened to be uh, something that, by God's engineering, happened. And I was babysitting this lady, and she was going to these meetings, and she came back from these meetings, and she literally glowed. And here I was, 12 years old. This was, a, this was a grown adult woman, and there was something in her continence that even as a 12-year-old I could see. And I kept asking her, what kind of meetings was she going to? What was, what was going on? And she was kind of afraid at first to tell me anything, first because I was 12 years old, and secondly because she knew the particular religious denomination that I belonged to at the time. They didn't want any, any other kinds of teachings outside of that particular denomination. So she was really reticent at first. But I was, I mean, it just couldn't be denied. And so I kept pressing, you know, tell me, what, what you, where have you been? And when she did, she told me about being born again, and then she told me about the Holy Spirit. And then she took me to the Bible, just like y'all did. And she took me through verse after verse about receiving the Holy Spirit, about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And I mean, it's like, I have got to have what you have. And I said, well, how, do I, how do I receive the Holy Spirit? And she prayed over me. And she laid hands on me. And we asked for, like, the gift of tongues. And we prayed. And it was just so powerful. And that glow, that fire that she had was in me. And the same thing, I couldn't suppress it. I couldn't hide it. So when I went home to my mother, to my parents, you know, I, I was afraid to tell them where I had been, what had happened. But again, you know, my mother saw that same glow, that glory of God on me. And she had to know. And so sure enough, I told her what happened. And she called up this lady, and she too asked the Holy Spirit into her life. And she had that glow. And it's something that has carried all these years. And I was having a retreat out of my parents' house. I mean, that was over 40 years ago. I was having a retreat out of my parents' house, and I, was, I told them a story about receiving the Holy Spirit and being born again. And... They asked her, what did you think when you saw Regina, you know, with, you know, when you saw what had happened? And she said, my first thought is, is like, she's in love. You know, she's way too young to be in love. And that's it. It's that perfect love. And that perfect love that which is, we're all searching for, I mean, it just filled me up. And each time I go personally to the Holy Spirit to learn, to grow, to, to move and understand, you know, God's ways, I get filled with that love. And from that comes those fruits. And it's in Galatians 5.22. I was, I was going to kind of chime in. It says, but the fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. And when you have God's love, it's perfectly natural. You don't have to try to make it happen. You don't have to try to have a facade. It's just completely that fruit that comes from you. 
So yeah, the Holy Spirit talking about the Holy Spirit. I get on I get on fire just talking about it. <laughs> yes, it's a wonderful subject, isn't it? And it's wonderful when uh, not only when we talk about it, but when we experience it in our lives as we walk in the spirit realm with God, with the Holy Spirit within us and all around us. You know, and we're walking in that power daily, or at least we should be as born-again believers in Christ. We should be walking in that power of God all the time. I usually, on my show, I say this often, but it's worth repeating. If you're a born-again believer and you're not walking with the power of the Holy Spirit alongside you, then you're like a printer without the ink. You're totally useless to the body of Christ. The work that we need to do, we need the power of the Holy Spirit within us, behind us, and in front of us to do that work. Without the Holy Spirit, we cannot do the work that God needs us to do for the body of Christ. Amen?